place, okay? But they will swim every day. There's no traffic. It was great. And I limited it to two days a week. So uh, I'm missing my I'm missing my regular workout. Okay, we are live. Uh, you know, and we have a bunch of people on the call. Looks good. How are we doing today, guys? I'm Bill Gross. This is our weekly uh, probate call. This is for investors, wholesalers, and agents who are working probate. If you're brand new and get into it, come here and ask some questions. If you're involved in the game deeply, have questions, problems, challenges, uh, love to talk to you about how we can help you with that and what, what kind of uh, challenges you may have and how we can help you. Um, I'm Bill Russ, I'm a full-time uh, real estate agent, working probate, real estate. I started um, in this field, I've been in the business a long time, been some probates over time, and started full-time focusing on probate real estate uh, about two years ago. And I'll just share with you guys, it's been the best two years of my career, last nine months, and the best nine months of my career by far. Uh, probate works really well with COVID. You know, the properties are usually already vacated. Um, and, uh, you know, in a, in a market where there's no, no inventory, um, there's people creating inventory every day. So it's been a fantastic time for me. I've done real well, and I'm glad to share secrets and challenges uh, with you guys. Um, so let's talk a little bit today. I want to share uh, an idea of probate. And the, the most common challenge I get, the most common question I get, the most common complaint with people who are starting it, where the wholesalers, ooh, let me get the voice. Is that better? Right, let's do this. Let's up our quality here. We got the good equipment. Let's use the good equipment. The most common challenge I get from wholesalers, investors, as well as agents, um, is when they get the data, uh, a question, can you add somebody who's not an agent? Yeah, feel free. We get PRs on here, our personal reps. We get attorneys. We get paralegals. So um, you can put anybody on uh, you want, Elise. Um, I get asked all the time. People say, well, how do you get the business? What do you do? We give them phone numbers to call. And they say, wow, but most of the numbers aren't good. Most of the numbers don't return the phone calls. Mo many of them don't have real estate. And what I tell people is, okay, but once you find that out, get rid of those, call the rest. There is plenty of business in, in, in California, in LA County, we have 800 filings a month. How many deals do you need a, a, to have a great month? Usually one or two. And so investors, same thing. Yeah, you have to go through a lot to find the few that are good and work with somebody else to help you get through those. That's why as a realtor, work with investors and wholesalers. We're calling the same people, we can compare notes on deals. Sometimes I need an offer on the deal, sometimes they need the property to be listed, we work together, we both make money. So if you're an investor wholesaler in LA County, we're expanding later this year in other counties, but right now in LA County, and you're working probate, you prospect regularly, you wanna share some of the work, I'm all for it. And, and what I do is, I. I subscribe to numerous services. One allows me to um, share the data. And so I'll give it to investors, wholesalers. They'll make calls. We'll make calls. We'll work together on those deals. So one of the things that one of my coaches taught me early in real estate was don't wish that it was easier. Wish that you were better. Because that you can control. Wish that you were better. 
and better means more effective, more efficient, more productive, more consistent. I'll share with you guys today, I had a mountain of calls to make. Now, between uh, 10 and 12, I pounded out and it's a long list of people I had to get through to. And, my, and I'm a pretty disciplined guy. And my mindset was, oh, you're tired. Who will know if you'll make them? Here's a shortcut. You don't have to do them. But I'm, I'm, that's what got in my head while I'm dialing, while I'm talking. And I got through the list. And we got some good leads and sales out of it. So what I tell you guys is that's just the process of sales. You know, I, I remember watching Kobe Bryant the last night he played for the Lakers. And if it, any of you guys watched that game, you might remember he had a tremendous last game. He scored 60-something points. It's crazy. And, and a reporter said to him, I don't understand why you're quitting. If you can play that well, why quit? Why, why not continue to play? And he said, what you understand is how hard I have to work to be able to play at that level. That's where the work is. So we all dream of being Kobe Bryant, getting the trophies. What we don't remember is Kobe Bryant was in the gym at 5 o'clock and running and lifting weights and eating a certain way and practicing. And in, any, in my experience, now I know, look, I'm not selling a get-rich-quick seminar. I'm not selling you guys coaching. I'm not selling anything other than I'm selling you on the American dream. If you work hard consistently over time, let's do it together. We'll both make a lot of money. That I can promise you. That I can promise you. So don't worry about most people don't have property. Don't worry about most of the numbers aren't good. Call the ones that are good. Call them back. Stay in touch. That same uh, person I was coaching actually on the phone, an agent, said to me, well, you know, I called them and uh, they say they already have another agent or they say that they're going to list the property with somebody else. Great. What do you do then? Well, I just move on. No, you call them back. Come back a week later. You call them back a, a 30 days later, 90 days later. You call them back until they list. And then when they list, you call them back every 30 days to see how it's going. Because you can call listings when they expire, or you can just keep in touch with them. You can't solicit them while they're under contract. But you can be in position so that the deal falls out, you're there to pick up the pieces. And it happens all the time. So don't give up just because they say they have another agent, unless they're in a contract. We're not allowed, we're not allowed to interfere their contracts, but we are allowed to call people until they're under contract. Call early and often. Okay, Janice says, for Closure Daily says they all have properties. Janice, I think at least 80% of probate filings in Los Angeles have, um, have real estate, at least 80%. And what I'll say is the ones that don't, if they have a huge bank account, I'm sure your friends who are investors uh, who, who deal with those kind of businesses would appreciate those referrals. But I, I, I don't see too many that don't have real estate. They almost always do a probate because there's real estate involved. Almost always. Okay, so that's my rant and rave. Don't, of course, most numbers aren't good. Of course, most don't answer the phone. There you go. Yeah, many don't have real estate. Okay. Call the ones until you find the ones that are home. Talk to them. If I, and talk to the ones that have real estate and call them until they list with you. Uh, or uh, uh, stay in touch with them forever. That's our job. Okay? So I'm not be more subtle than that. It's a lot of work. But, you know, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do every day? This is my business. This is my job. Some days it's tough. Some days it's great. Some days it's just 
smoking hot. Uh, I can't complain. Look, I've, I've, uh, my goal is to list a property a week. I've listed properties on Monday the last two weeks in a row. Does that mean I quit on Monday for the rest of the week and took off? No. I was, I was trying to get ahead of the game, uh, maybe to get two or three, but uh, it didn't work out that way. I'm still on the hunt for another listing today. So that's my, that's my charge. The secret sauce in probate real estate, in my experience, is consistently working hard every day. Uh, Jess asks, do I text an email? You mean, do I text an email probate? I don't cold call uh, via text. Um, I do send out unsolicited emails to personal reps uh, and certain attorneys in certain cases. I'll say that I work a very narrow niche of, of probate. Um, so I, I, but the ones that fit my niche, I do email the attorneys, but then a lot of the attorneys I know already, I don't cold text anybody. I just, to me, that seems, I don't know, maybe I'm older, but to me, that seems to be unacceptable. So, okay, good. Who has a question regarding probate? I can help with who's looking to get started has a challenge. Anders. Yeah, I had a, a, I emailed you about a question. So I, I'm somewhat familiar with the probate process. And from what I understand, most probates end up in, in at least in LA, in, in court. And there's something that looks like an auction. But there's something called pre-probate that doesn't, from what I understand, end up there. So that I don't know anything about pre-probate. Can you explain what that is? And sure. yeah. Sure. And remind me, I, I, in your email, I wasn't clear. Are you in Florida? I'm in Paso Robles. Oh, you're, that's right. You told me I didn't sell with them. You're in California. Beautiful Paso Robles. It is. I was there. I fell in love with Paso Robles the first time I was there. And you're an investor, wholesaler. You're not an agent, correct? Yeah, no, I'm not an agent. My, my, my wife will be uh, as soon as they get the, the, the test thing going, but I'm not. Nice. And then nice. don't plan to. Got it. So um, love to talk to her because I work with investor wholesalers, love to work at Paso Robles and probate. Maybe you and your wife and I can come up with a game plan together as a team. Yeah. So his, uh, Andrew's question is, um, in fact, he emailed me and I, I asked him to come on the call and bring it because I think it's a great question. He, he wrote me that um, he understood the probate process, uh, uh, but he was a little confused um, that uh, some properties are settled in probate court, so, uh, some are not. And then he said there's something called pre-probate. How's that work? So the law in California I know very, very, very well. It's similar in other states, which is that obviously when somebody dies as a property, what do you do with it? Some uh, avoid probate. Generally, if you're using a living trust, Technically, the trust doesn't die. The trust is living. The trust is an entity. It's like a corporation that owns the property. And so when the person who is one of the beneficiaries of the trust passes, the trust can merely change the beneficiary to the next beneficiary. And those properties avoid going to probate. So sometimes you'll see properties that sell and don't need to go to probate. I'm sorry, somebody passes, they don't need to go to probate. Then there's, there's a, of the properties that don't go to, uh, I'm sorry, somebody passes, maybe it's not a trust, they're going to have to go to probate. 
there is a marketing methodology that investors wholesalers use more than agents, which is marketing to pre-probates. What does that mean? So the data source, the one that I know best is Foreclosure Daily. Um, and I have a link uh, I'd be glad to send you. If you guys text to my uh, text line, uh, I have in there a, um, a link to um, a coupon code at uh, um, uh, Foreclosures Daily, which, is, which has uh, Probate Daily. And they sell a, lot of, a full range of data, including um, what they call pre-probates. Uh, pre pre-probates really are just um, uh, properties where they know there's real estate and they know somebody died. And they don't know if it's going to probate or not. Odds are in their mind, no. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, uh, put in the text line here, uh, 213-460-2577. If you text good stuff to that, you'll get back a link with the probe, with the uh, disc coupon code. But <clears throat> so pre-probates are merely, they just take the obituaries, which you can't really get access to, is limited data. They cross-reference them to property records and determine who died but still has property. And then you can market to those people. My experience with wholesalers and investors is they have success with that. Hey, Vicky, nice to see you. Uh, uh, is that they cross-reference that data with other forms as well. For example, um, uh, somebody died and there's a lien on the property. Somebody died and there's a notice of default. Somebody died and there's a city red flag on the property. Uh, somebody died and there's a mortgage delinquency. So different investors have different patterns. But they'll market to people who died and meet those other criteria uh, successfully to get them. And then what happens is they discover either A, it has to go to probate or B, it doesn't. It doesn't have to go to probate. They buy it for cash and they do their normal business. If it has to go to probate, and here in LA, there's a couple of very sophisticated investors. I'd love to find somebody outside of LA to work with that does this. Because part of the value proposition is if, you're, if, you, if you have a parent that died and left you a property, and you have to go to probate, that's a daunting task. It could cost you thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. It could take you years. I work with investors who will simplify for the process for the error. And they'll say, we'll just pay you cash regardless. And you sign over your rights and we'll handle the paperwork. I work with other investors who say, you know what? We'll handle the attorney's fees for you. We'll advance them. And if we end up buying the property at the agreed upon price, we'll waive the attorney's fees for you because investors just adding that on to their costs. Or I'll use an attorney service to help them, guide them to get the paperwork done that way. That was the most effective. So for investors, if you're finding property and it, it has to go through probate, think about it this way. If, if the owner of the property thinks they have to spend $10,000 to clear through probate, but you can get it cleared for, let's say, under 1,000, in essence, you can buy the property for $9,000 more than you otherwise would be able to, right? Because in their mind, let's say it's worth four hundred, dollars know, but they, they have to go through an attorney. It's going to cost them $10,000. It's only worth $390 to them. But to you, you can buy for $390. It'll cost you $1,000, right? So that's, that's the advantage of pre-probate. And if you market to those, again, Foreclosure Daily, I think, is the only one that I know that has that data. 
then you need to have a strategy. And I think in any marketing, you want to try to find a way to convert as many leads as you can. You want to find a way to market the leads that you um, uh, get at the edges, which are going to include those that have to be listed for sale, that maybe you can't flip as an investor, or those that have to go to probate. Okay? So those are, so that's, there's, um, um, Chasing them before probate, they don't have to go to probate. Okay, they just, maybe it's a trust or something and it's a cash deal. And then those that have to go to probate court, you can expect them through court to help the, the owner. Now, of the properties that go to probate, some get sold at, with court confirmation, some don't. In LA, of 800 filings a month, really only about 30 or 40 properties get sold with court confirmation monthly, a very small minority, maybe 5%. Usually because the, there's multiple errors that are contesting the case. Um, and the other reason why is the, the uh, petitioner makes a mistake or the attorney makes a mistake. I've seen this all the time. I'll see, I'll see an attorney say, well, you know, if you, um, if you go full authority, you have to get a bond, and a bond's gonna cost you $1,000, $2,000. That's still cheaper than getting limited authority and going through the court process. Sometimes attorneys will recommend going to court because they're concerned that an heir may pop up and sue you as the executor. So they'll say, well, let's just go to court. That way the court sells the property, not you. Yeah, but you're gonna get a lot less for property and spend a lot more on legal fees. It takes a lot longer. So generally, not always, but generally I would say the best case is to avoid court as much as possible, if, as long as it's legal. And so you want to you help get the properties that we're going to go to court confirmation and get them out of that process. That's where I get involved. If you're, if you're a wholesaler, investor, even a realtor on a file, sometimes I can help you find a way to avoid going for, full, for a limited authority, get your full authority, and then you don't need to go to court confirmation um, process. Okay. Um, I got asked, let's see, I'm up for the property that says they have all properties. Yes. Uh, do I text email answer that? Best time to reach me at my direct line, you're welcome to call and text me. 310-210-0008. 310-210-0008. Wow, we got a full house today. We got 41 people. That's the most we've ever had on our call. Um, so who else has a question I can help with? Who else has a question? Anybody? Hey, Nicole. Little Miss Nikki, what's up? What's Nikki Hello, Bill. How are you today? I'm doing great. Good. I had to come and get this information, obviously. Thank you. Well, it's good to have you. Little Thank Miss you. Nikki, Nikki uh, Nicole Romero is a title rep, and she's just an expert on real estate and all things how to sell real estate. So feel free to reach out to her, and she's helped us build this this call from the very beginning. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Dion, nice to see you. A lot of friends on the call today. Okay, here's your chance. Here's questions. You know, I get asked all the time. I have like, a question. People. Go ahead. Is it Daniel? Um, if if oh, somebody oh, goes into probate and uh, they just hold on to the property, but they don't do anything, what, what happens? So Daniel, are you an agent or are you- Yeah, an I'm an agent. And what, where are you an agent at? What area? EXP. Where? 
in EX, EXP Realty. What state or city? California. Got it. So, um, well, welcome. Uh, so, um, property that isn't being sold, it, it is okay if um, uh, they're meeting their, their responsibilities. Meaning if, if the property is picked up and they're, they're paying their taxes and they're, you know, they're, not, they're not having drug fests in there uh, and so on, then you really can't force anybody to sell the property, right? But what commonly happens, I think behind your question, Daniel, is oftentimes there's a property that's a nuisance in the neighborhood. Either it's overgrown as a fire hazard. Of course, California, it's a big deal here for us, fire hazards. Or there's crime. I've had, I had property uh, listing where we had, uh, it was a huge house in um, Koreatown, a two-story with a huge basement. It was just like a crack uh, office building, basically. They had crack oh, parties wow. in three floors in, in each of the rooms. The police would come and pick up three people, four people, five people. One time they picked up 13 people in one pickup. Mm. So obviously the neighbors are affected, but also the community. The property is not paying taxes, getting run down. So there is a process where if a property is run down, that, that there's a process to um, force the property to be sold. If there's no air involved, um, then there's a process that the county uses to sell the property. And how long does that take? Um, you know, in general, uh, it's a probate. So I'd say like every probate, it takes a lot longer than anybody would tell you. I want to say... Well, the ones that, I mean, there's one that it's been like over two years and they're still not doing anything with it. It's just sitting there. They're, they're not paying much attention to it. It's Well, again, is the only problem that's neglected? For example, are there drug dealers in the property? No, it's just boarded up. Yeah, it was boarded up theoretically. They've taken the, they've taken the actions to safeguard the property. It was boarded up. Um, you know, there's border property and fence property, and they, they keep the weeds or the, the fire hazards to a minimum. Nobody's, you're not going to be able to force anybody to sell the property. When the property is um, not boarded up and there's vandals and there's people living in it, that's where you have a problem. And that's where you can force the sale of the property. Okay. But otherwise, there's not much you can do. Okay, great. That's what I needed to know. Sometimes I had somebody on a call. I, I do a, a Tuesday call on real estate investment. I had someone on my Tuesday call who found a, uh, a uh, abandoned property, but it was boarded up and fenced off. And she was wondering what was happening with it. Well, it turns out it's listed for like this huge project in um, uh, I think Maria de Rey or Venice. Property's listed for like $3 million. It's not the MLS, it's in LoopNet. So she didn't know that and, and was, you know, I guess happy to find out. Okay, let's see here. Elise, Elise from. Can I ask a question? Oh, sure. Who's that? Hey, it's uh, William. How you doing, Bill? Great, William. Go ahead. Um, I just had a, a question. Um, just like, say, for instance, um, <clears throat> you have. Um, it's a. Uh, it, it's a. You know, it's not even multifamily, but it, it's more off market. If you. Um, it's more. I'm sorry. It was more multifamily, but you, you probably can relate. Um, 
And uh, you have the investor um, already lined up and you can just pretty much go into escrow. Do you typically give a discount on your commission or would you go ahead and charge the seller the 6% or, you know, considering that it's kind of streamlined uh, off market, would, would you give them a discount? And if, you know, the price is about 1.5? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, William, I, to answer your question, I routinely work with investors and because they're doing some of the work that I might otherwise do, uh, or it's easier than I otherwise might have to do it, I discount my commission uh, on those things regularly. I know I came from a coaching environment to never cut your commissions and never discount, but also right. I work with investors regularly. And I enjoy working with investors. I enjoy that part of the business. It's, mm-hmm. um, it turns things over more quickly. So to answer your question, I'm a businessman and yep. I, I'm willing to adjust my price to reflect the profits I make on a deal. Um, yep. And... Um, I don't have any problem at all with, uh, but at the same time, I have no problem telling people, hey, this is a lot of work. I got to charge for it. Uh, I'd listen mm-hmm. to like 10% because sometimes it's a lot of work uh, or whatever the case is. And people ask me to wow. cut the commission all the time. Okay, I really can't because it's a lot of work. And I think if I'm honest about it, then when they, it goes both ways, right? Right. And, and if it's specific, like off market, you know, do you typically, you know, even like five percent, four percent. I'm just trying to not like undercut myself, but not scare him away. Like, are you just another greedy agent? You know. Well, again, if you're talking with an owner, that you have to rep- represent them on the transaction and do yes. heavy lifting. Yeah, I'm talking. This is for that's the not seller, the side. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not cutting my commission. That's a, I'm cutting my commission on the other side, right? That the that, that the buyer's an investor. I might say to the. I might say I can cut. You know, normally I get two, let's say both sides might be five or 6% commission, depending on the market area and price rate. Uh, instead of 5%, I might do it for uh, three and a half, but I'm really kind the commission because my investor is easy to work with and I've worked with before. Not because the seller, because the seller, if they're a consumer, you have to do all the disclosures, all the paperwork, all the normal negotiations and stuff along the way. So um, uh, you have to price it according to the service you're providing. Right, but the seller typically will pay the commission, though, right? Like that's. I mean, you yeah. always paying the buyer and seller's commission. Yeah, yeah, because I'm approaching I, my initial contact. I have my investor, but my initial contact is the seller, and I told him I have an investor. I could take care of it for you. So yeah, so this is more like if I'm representing the seller, like you know, dual agency, off market. Oh, look, if I, if I have a seller and I'm bringing him a price that he need, that he wants and I bring the deal to investors to make money on it, I'm charging a full commission on that deal. <laughs> okay, okay. Because, because I'm bringing value to investor. I'm making him money. The money that investors make is on bringing them the deal. You know, I had, I had an investor once who had a deal and it fell out of escrow and and I just happened to talk to a friend. He says, oh, this guy's a great investor. He'll turn deals over for you. He'll jump on them right away. And so I called this guy up and said, hey, the deal fell out. I know there's $100,000 property in it. Um, I couldn't buy it myself for different reasons. And I brought the deal. And, and um, he wasn't that easy to work with. He was a little bit of an arrogant pain to work with. And then more importantly, when it came time to list the property, he had said to me he would relist it with me. But it came time and said, you know, I actually owe this other agent a favor. And I said to him, look, 
That may be. Okay, but when I gave this property, we agreed I was going to relist it. And I said, we're not going to do business again because I can't afford not to get paid. This is my business. If I'm bringing you a $100,000 profit on a deal, you don't want to give me the listing. The listing is still a fair amount of work. Then I can't afford to give you to give you any more deals. And he called me like a month later. How can you call me properties? Because I got to get paid, dude. This isn't volunteer work. I do volunteer work. This isn't it. Volunteer work's not calling you with how you make $100,000. So you got to price yourself properly. And I, I think there's there's always more to it. And it's probably a deeper discussion, William, that we could have here publicly. But I would just say in general, if you find, if you're bringing a seller an off-market offer that meets their criteria, you're entitled to have them pay you 2.5%. And if you're bringing it to an investor who's going to fix and flip it and make profit on it, you're entitled to make 2.5%. And generally, I don't cut my commission in that case because they'll say they'll list with me, but I have a contract. So I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go. I'll, I'll relist it for one half percent for you and save you money on the realist side because I've already done it once. That's easier work. I already have everything on the file. I already have a prelim. I already have the property in MLS, right? But right. I'll realist, but not on the buy side. I, I won't get paid on that. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate that. Sure, well, I'm glad to help, man. Glad to help. Okay, let's, let's see what else we have here. Other questions? Well, I recommend to somebody um, uh, to, who just purchased a home to go to probate right if they want to purchase an investment property and how's that process look? That's from Elise. Elise, um, so in particular, um, Elise is uh, from Michigan. I'm sorry, Georgia, right? So I can't say no a lot about Georgia. It's funny, I'm, I'm actually adding a group to my team small independent broker in Georgia is joining me um, here shortly. We have an appointment tomorrow. Um, so I'll know more. But I, I would say that um, uh, I do think that in marketing to investors or as an investor looking for property, finding a niche helps you um, find the nooks and crannies and the edges other people miss. And so I do recommend people pick a niche. If it's going to be probate, pull every property in your MLS that's probate and, and read the actives and read the sales and look at the data and see who the agents are and see what disclaimers they put in their comments put in the MLS. You know, because now you have a defined finite universe you can read and become an expert in. So um, would I recommend them to go probate for investment property? Um, you know, at least it's probably a deeper question in your market. How many are there? And what the market there looks like for probate. Uh, a little more than I know specifically. But I would say probably I would recommend to look at it. I think probate's a great area to look for as an investor and wholesaler for sure. Okay, is that your question? Yeah, so I guess what I'm asking, because him and his wife just purchased a home like late last year. Mm -hmm. um, and he was just pretty much thinking that because they just purchased a home, he probably wouldn't look good to a lender to purchase an investment. And I don't really, and I think with investment properties, you can't really go to a lender because they want you to live in it, of course, you know. So I was wondering to help him with mm -hmm. that investment, should he go probate? No, no. At least there, there plenty of investment properties get financed. Uh, if they qualify to buy a house, they probably qualify on the right. Now, are you talking about fix and flip? Or are you talking about a buy and hold pro investment property? Yeah, um, he kind of wants it to be turnkey. He doesn't want to do too much work on it. 
so he's going to buy a property maybe to hold as a rental. So right. those properties are, are often qualified for conventional financing. Do you remember who the lender was? Not the eight, the loan officer, but the company he got the loan through. It was Bank of America or Guaranteed Rate or Movement Mortgage. They do loans to investor properties, particularly if they're rental properties. They don't, they don't do fix and flips. But if he qualified to buy a property, he might qualify for it. And I would say go back to that lender and ask, would he qualify to buy an investment property? Maybe he does. Now, okay, if, you got, Thank if you got him by the skin of his teeth, maybe not. But if you got him, maybe he has good salary, good income, good credit. Right now, as an investor, if you can buy a property that you can afford to um, rent and take the rent money and pay all the costs of the property, principal, interest, taxes, insurance, maintenance, vacancy factor, and have a little bit of return for your money and lock in the rates today for 30 years, odds are property goes up over time. Odds are the rents go up over time. Uh, that's a great investment strategy if you can afford to do it. So I would look into it. Okay. Definitely. Thank you, Bill. Great. Andrew's made a point he, that at probate, at foreclosures daily, the contact person they put in her information, Tangi, Tangi's great at foreclosures daily. And the only thing I would add is if you're going to go to foreclosures daily, make sure you use my coupon code, which is BG, like Bill Gross, 3005. BG3005, and you'll get a discount of 20 or 30% off. Plus, if you ask for it, you'll get a copy of a book done by my friend Kevin Sales. I think it's called uh, Probate 101. She'll know. That's the deal. The deal they, they made with me to promote their product was uh, a discount and a copy of Kevin's book, which is great. So definitely talk to Tanji, say hi for me, and use that coupon code. Justin says, how did the corporate scene go last week when you went to court with a check for $50,000? Well, not well, Justin. I went to court last week um, for a court confirmation sale. And in addition to me, there were two other investor groups there to buy the property. One, one, we were willing to pay about $51,000. They were willing to pay up to $58,000. And we thought it was too much. So we didn't bid on it. That was bad. I saw two of my competitors slash colleagues there. So it's good to talk to them and say hi and share war stories. Uh, but the attorney doesn't show up. So part of the value for me of going to court is meeting the attorney and seeing the judge and such. So I came home, but I just redeposited my check. I bank at Wells Fargo where I get free cashier's checks. I can deposit them back for free and uh, no harm to file. Put a suit on, drove to LA, uh, but we didn't get the deal. Uh, turns out I'm going again tomorrow. So stay tuned on that one. I'm going with a member of my team on a property that, uh, that we're hoping to, to buy. Okay, Nicole says, help helps to secure the listing when you do that. What is that? What is it she's referring to, Nicole? Um, that's so funny. What's the best source of that? Love Nicole, she's great. Everybody loves Nicole, nobody loves Bill. What's, what's that all about? When you do... I'll tell you what. When, so when you were saying purchase, you do it on the listing and not lose the investor in the meantime. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you, I, like look, you, uh, I would say that you um, can use, you know, I'm sorry. Nicole, I'm sorry, you got a really bad connection. So let me. Nicole, you have a real bad connection. So I'm going to jump in here. 
So she's saying you can cut your commission on the buyer side, the investor side. Yeah, Sorry. it's a business decision you can make. There you go. That's much better. Um, okay, Sorry. so help secure the listing when you do that. Yeah, I would say help when you represent a buyer to buy the property, you should have a fair shot at listing that property back up. Um, but and, and I think you've earned it in a sense. But it's funny how investors get a little, they forget who bought the property where they have it. It's my experience. So I'd be careful about that. I wouldn't always trust them. I, that's why you develop relationships. What's your pitch to the listing agent on the probate sale? Levon, explain to me what you mean by that. Why am I, why am I pitching the listing agent? Levon, you there? You asked a question. What's your pitch to the listing agent on the probate sale? No. It looks like he said to get the deal under contract. Was it Levon? I think. Yeah, I'm not, but I'm not sure I understand what he's asking. What's your pitch to this agent on the? I mean, to, my pitch to be the listing agent, or my pitch to? I don't have anything to pitch to the listing agent. I'm not sure what that means. To be a listing agent, you know, I'm an expert in in Los Angeles County probate real estate. I've I've done more on both sides. Uh, than anybody else. I've, I, if you if you take only people represented buyers and sellers, nobody has done more than me of both. Uh, there's people who've listed more property and sold more than I have. I don't think there's anybody who's represented more buyers than me, but for sure there's nobody who's represented more buyers and more sellers uh, than me. I put the coupon code in again, uh, BG3005. It's in the chat. Uh, do you get the deal on a contract? So Lauren, you asking how do we get the deal in a contract? Well, the beauty of the probate is, um, you know, it's a normal sale to a court confirmation, and then a court confirmation, you just show up with a check and overbid. So there's no real, there's no real. In fact, the opposite. The listing agents usually don't like me because most of them don't know what they're doing, and uh, you know, kind of demand things they're not entitled to. I've, I had the last two where they demanded to use a escrow, and I told them. You know, you, you missed the chance to demand that. You could put it in writing and we would have had to agree to it before we bought the property. But you can't, after the fact, demand we use your in-house. Agent works for, uh, I think it was Keller Williams. He wants me to use his in-house escrow company because he gets some sort of a bonus. I said, no, we'll use an independent escrow company, but I don't want to use, I want my buyer's money sitting with your in-house escrow company. And you didn't put it in the contract where you're supposed to. And he didn't know how to do that. So it happens all the time. They don't, they don't necessarily know the, the process and the rules. Okay, I think I answered all the questions in the chat box. Any other questions anybody have for me? I don't see any other questions in the chat box. I have a couple of questions. I'm, I'm, I've been in this chat a few times, um, mainly, mainly just kind of gathering information and listening. Um, but I'm still unclear on a couple things. Mm -hmm. One, how, how would I find out, where do I get access to listings of properties that are under probate? That's question number one. And question number two is, what happens to a, a probate property when the owner who has uh, passed away doesn't have any family to pass the property on to? So, um, 
Okay, so let me see if I could. Um, the first one, where do you get the leads from? Um, Stephen, I know your phone number is 909. Where, where do you do business? What area are you in? I am right here in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, I used to I'll... live in the IE. That's why the 909, but I Got live it. in LA. Got it. Okay. So uh, what I'd say to you is that you know, what, one of the things that I do is I work with um, uh, investors and wholesalers. And in many cases, give them the data if they want to call on it, uh, depending on what you want to do with it. What do you look, are you looking for phone numbers to prospect or, or mail to? Are you looking for properties to consider to purchase? What, do, what is it you're looking for? Oh, yeah, I like to purchase properties and invest in them as rentals if possible. Yeah. Do you, um, okay, well, maybe offline. I, I, I mean, are you buying properties now? Are you a new investor? Are you experienced as an investor? Where are you in the I'm, a, I'm relatively new. I have a fourplex here in LA. Um, oh, yeah, I yeah, have, yeah, yeah. I remember you now. I have uh, a condo in Texas that I rent out as well. So um, I, um, <clears throat> so I have a pretty good Rolodex of investors currently. Okay. Always looking for more, but I'm usually looking for more <coughs> experience, to be honest. You know, there's a food chain and uh, I've been around a while. But on my team, I have a, uh, agents that I, that I work with and coach. I have one particular who's experienced, worked for uh, in acquisitions for another wholesaler. <coughs> and literally, we're going to court tomorrow because she found, I, we, I give her a list of properties to research. She meets with an investor like you, finds out a little more detail what you're looking for, and found a property for these guys, and, and we're going to buy it hopefully tomorrow. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, if you like to, I'd be glad to talk to you offline and maybe make a connection for you uh, with one of my teammates who might be able to help find more about what you're looking for, narrow down your geography, narrow down your product type, and try to find properties that work for you. All right, sounds good. And then good. for uh, like a property that has an owner that dies but doesn't have family, I'm just curious, how's that work? So <clears throat> there's a number of people. There's a number of people who can bring a probate sale. If there's a creditor, they can force a probate sale. So if it goes for closure, usually somebody will step up to try to save the property. That's where the heir pops up. But if there's literally no heirs, then there are. Um, uh, other ways, there's a, there's a, a, a list in order of um, um, priority um, that, that comes into play. Um, and sometimes it's the county. Again, the, the property's a nuisance. The county has a process that they use to force the sale. One way is they force the probate, and then they have the rights to sell the property and it gets sold. So, um, it depends on the situation of the property. It can be frustrating because if somebody's, pay, oftentimes people call me and say, oh, this property's abandoned, nobody's doing anything with it. But then you notice the property tax is being paid monthly. Well, who's doing that? There's somebody around who isn't ready to do anything with the property. Uh, and the key, the successful investors find those, those remote owners, figure out who they are, and go meet them. Go door knock them, call them, email them, um, bird dock them to somehow find them. So. To answer your question, I would say that generally there's somebody who's in control. Your job is to find out who that is. If literally there's nobody and the property becomes a nuisance, in LA County there's a process you can follow where the county will start the process for probate. And then it turns out somebody is alive who's an error, 
they'll come to court and they'll and then the county steps aside and says, oh okay you're the nephew great it's your deal go ahead and finish the probate up and and you get all the money and that's how kind of how it works okay good thank you my pleasure um absolutely um Elise asked me, the prices are wide range. What's the lowest you've seen a probate sell for in this market? Uh, Elise, I have sold a listing for a probate at $4,500 for a lot of land that was near Lake Los Angeles in Black Butte. Um, there's a point, this was part of a larger probate um, where there's multiple properties. If the, if the total value of the estate is less than $150,000, then they can go through a simplified probate process, which is really no probate, really. So if I've seen um, uh, estates sell small lots regularly, I see that all the time, like that for $3,000 or $4,000. Um, but usually it's, it's part of an estate that has a lot more also. Um, but if the property is just, uh, to answer your question, though, I, I've sold I, I actually lost money because I have to pay my company. I have a transaction coordinator. So I literally, not only waste my time on that deal, it was part of, part of a customer's package of properties though. But the lowest I did was $4,500. Um, it was a good customer. Okay, Mike Chaudhry, Cold Banker. Okay, very good, Mike. Nice to see you. Um, I don't know if you have a question or you're just uh, reaching out and saying hi. And so um, nice to see you again. Okay, any other questions? We're at 446, we're gonna wrap up time here. <clears throat> was, was this helpful today? Some deep questions, right? Kind of bread and butter, uh, I mean, uh, deep, deep, deep stuff here today with a lot of uh, fine tuning. Any other questions? So I just share with you guys, I do a call every, uh, prices are going up. Yes, prices are going up, prices go up all the time. It's the natural order thing, especially now I think with inflation. I do a call every Tuesday at three o'clock p.m. a Zoom call on um, real estate investment, and we're focusing, we're looking at properties both here in Southern California and outside the state. Uh, and then one of my colleagues does a call on Wednesday for out-of-state multifamily properties. So again, I put in the text box earlier today. If you text "good stuff" um, uh, to two one three four six zero. 2577, you'll get the info on the other meetings I do. Uh, you'll get the coupon code for data and other sources of data and other kind of cheat sheet stuff that might be of value for you. So I hope you find that helpful. I'm open to suggestions. If you have any particular questions or things you'd like to talk about in the future, feel free. Email me during the week. I'm glad to take the questions. Good questions though, like Anders. It's good to take it on the call and that way we get it recorded and, and share with a bunch of people. So that's really all I have for today. Any last questions before we wrap up? We've got about two minutes left. No? Not seeing it? Well, look, I appreciate you guys' participation today. Thank you so much. It's a lot of fun always. Have a great finish of the week, a great month, uh, and um, we'll make it a great year together. Thank you so much, guys.